guys. Hey, uh, welcome back to Aspire to Be Hospitality HQ. Here we go. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, thank you for coming on and tuning in to us. People bring profit. Um, I got my team right here, my Superman team. We got a great topic we're going to talk about. But uh, I'm Chris Alexa, CEO and founder of Aspire to Be Hospitality Group. And these are my guys right here. Yeah, Kimberly Alexa, CFO of Aspire to Be Hospitality Group. Justin Smith, COO, Aspire to Be. Yeah, you know, um, hopefully we don't have to keep doing that every time. People will kind of start knowing who we are, you know, but I think we're still newbies on the thing. But um, I feel like words getting out there a little bit more. I, I was saying this to y'all this morning. I was in a meeting yesterday at one of our locations, Starbucks. I mean, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings last night having a meeting with our new uh, Lamar University head football coach and yeah, go cards. Yeah, go cards. I'm excited to see that come back. Um, but you know, we used to be a big sponsor and they want to be, a, they want us to come back into it. But man, I was sitting there and like 10 different times, random people walked up and shook my hand and just said, Hey man, just love what you're doing out there. It was kind of cool. The guy said, do y'all ever get to go out to eat? And like, and I said, no, not lately. It's kind of cool though. Uh, our words getting out. But, uh, it's exciting day today. Um, I, I, as soon as we get off this podcast, we had some bids come in for our, our, our new uh, Buffalo Wild Wings Go, our yeah. second location. So bids were due uh, June 1st, and we had some roll in. Super excited. Uh, there's one last one that'll be coming in this morning. I, I can't wait to go open it. Um, but, you know, kind of under budget a little bit. Yeah, good for us. We're yeah. like three out of awesome. four lines potentially under budget, and I don't quite think that's ever happened. So no. really, really exciting history um, in the making. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's some tides turning in the construction cost of it, where it was super high the last couple of years. Maybe seeing some downfall in that a little bit, which were you know helps us grow. So excited about that because we've talked about this. Our new Buffalo Wild Wings go coming down the Mark Park uh, pipeline right now, and I can't wait to see these bids come in and more to share on that. But hey, uh, with that, it brought this to my idea that we're going to talk about this. A lot of questions we get out of there, and a lot of these topics that we bring up is stuff that that we're hearing out in the community. That people that stop us at one of our restaurants or stop us and ask us questions or email us. And this is a topic that um, it's it's dear to my heart because it's kind of our walk a little bit. Some of it. Um, and it's from a, you know, from coming from an employee to an employer, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, so like those days where we were hourly employees, I miss it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Uh, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's crazy. So all you guys out there, they're watching it, you know, when, when I was an employee and even being a bagger at a grocery store, you know, I always had these dreams. So we're going to kind of walk us through those, those, those trials, and what we face, and um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start it out. You know, normally I'm the one that sits back and lets y'all answers and kind of steal your nuggets a little bit. But I'll kind of start it out. You know, when when I started in business, uh, you know, and I worked my way up, and I was an employee, and it was at a furniture store, and I kind of start that vision right there. Um, that's when I noticed that, like, I mean, when I got off work, I locked the door and left, and I couldn't wait to like, what are me and you doing tonight? What's my friends doing tonight? Um, I didn't stress about the business side of it, you know, because yeah. I had a paycheck coming. Sure. Only thing I stressed about was like, did I lock the back door? Because yeah. I was a manager and I had to make sure the back door's locked. I was like, man, if my boss comes, the owner comes and the back door's open, he's going to kill me. Yeah. But when I knew it was locked, I didn't care the place, you know, anything happened. I mean, I did, but I didn't. You know, I didn't lose sleep over it. Do you yeah. remember those days? You didn't have any skin in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were an employee. And um, so I guess on those walks, that's how it kind of started for me. Then then when I switched to 
started our first business mm-hmm. of being, you know, owning our, operating our first Quiznos. Matter of fact, I was digging up some old pictures the other day. And oh, no, you we got, got a good one. Yeah, we got to oh, share them. Nice. We got to share them. Um, you, me, when we signed our first franchise agreement for our Quiznos. Yeah, that was it, scary. It was scary. I had my sawmill shirt on. I think you had your nursing uniform on. Yeah, probably that, so. That morning, we and it was funny, Justin. I have to show you this picture. Where I'm signing this check, and me and Kim are sitting there, and I'm kind of looking up like, uh, <laughs> and Kim's like, yeah, she's kind of more excited. I got the biggest grin on my face. Yeah, yeah, she's ready. That was, you know, but I'm scared at the time. Like, oh, crap, what did we get ourselves into? And I got some pictures of you in front of Quiznos and your little Quiznos uniform. One of them was popped up was you actually in a, in a, in with the baby. I mean, you had, you were pregnant. Oh, yeah. Running that Quiznos. Yeah, well, I had a two-year-old and one in the playpen in the back. Yeah. So those are kind of things to share. But then when we, when I rolled into Buffalo, and then I opened Quiznos, then I had to switch the mindset of being an employer. Now I'm not friends with all these people. Because I already saw me, saw me, these are all my friends. Right. These sure. are guys that that kind of you know I ran with every day. And I want to back up because you remember this day when I was asked from the owner to be the manager of that place. Yeah. He said, hey, I, I need you to be the front of the house manager. Right. I need somebody to help me with this. So all my friends were working in the back, putting furniture together, loading mm-hmm. furniture, delivering. And these are guys I ran with every day. Yeah. And I was so excited for myself because I got a little raise. But then I came home like a couple weeks. Remember, I was so upset because they shunned me. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You know? Because you became their boss. Yeah. And, and, I, and you were still on their level, but you were their boss. I kind of had And to, so for you, as an hourly... You became just an hourly employee to an hourly manager. Yeah, and and now I had some responsibility over them, and that's what I struggled with. Yeah, it, it, and that's I think that's what happens with young entrepreneurs or young business owners. You got to realize that there's going to be a separation. And it immediately happens. Like, okay, now I have to be these guys' bosses. I have to, un, they have to listen to me. I have to tell on them. Oh, you showed up ten minutes late. You can't do that. Yeah. Or hey, did you punch out during lunch? I mean, I saw yeah. you eating, and then they're like. Why are you telling on me? You're my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing in business model. I feel like that's how it happens, right? And when you're running your business or running our stores, uh, I remember when I opened our first Quiznos and you were still nursing to try to make ends meet. Yeah. And you would come in and tell me like, hey, these employees, they're great, but they're not your friends. Right. They will walk out on you in a heartbeat because I treat them all like, ah, he's a good guy, man. You know, let him be. How long were you an employee? For, uh, shoot, forever. I a feel while, like, right? Oh, a long time. So it was, you so know. So you lived in those shoes for a while. For I was 20, what, 26 when we opened our first, 27 when yeah. we opened our first business. So it was that that long. I mean, even when I was a manager, I was an employee still, you know, yeah. because okay. I had some of it, but I didn't have the, the responsibility of when I left the store. It was just kind of a different job. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, th- I think that's where it kind of switched with me. Um, Kim, I think your your story's a little different, though. Yeah, so I was an hourly um, an employee as well. I started um, working at Burger King when I was 15 years old. So my hourly experience goes back to the age of 15. But for me, um, I just have always had like an internal drive to be the best I can be. And um, whether that stems from my background, just perseverance and overcoming obstacles. So going back as an hourly employee, I remember this very vividly. And I don't know why I remember this opportunity, but when Working for Burger King, I was asked to, hey, go clean the playground equipment. Mm -hmm. And so I took my little bucket of water and cleaning supplies or whatever, and I went out there and I started scrubbing the uh, playground equipment. Well, 
I was doing it to perfection because I'm a perfectionist, right? Yeah. And I was noticed. Yeah. Little did I know somebody was watching me through the window, but I was noticed cleaning the playground equipment. Mm. And from that, from that one experience that someone saw me just not, you know, lollygagging around and just doing a job, but actually putting my perfection, putting my drive into cleaning playground equipment, I was noticed. I got employee of the month from yeah. that and I got a raise from just that. And they referenced back, hey, I saw you outside cleaning that playground equipment and you were scrubbing that thing. And so from that, uh, I've always just strive to face obstacles or face challenges as I rise up as, an, you know, when I was an hourly employee, yep. even through my nursing career, I wanted to be charged. If, if they ask who wants to be on call, it was me. I want to be on call for the group because I just wanted that experience. I wanted those challenges. I wanted to challenge myself and that internal drive that I had, it's catapults me to where I am today. Did you like working at Burger King? I loved it. Yeah. Hated the uniforms, yeah. but I loved the yeah. job. I, I kind of you can tell that you know, cared. That's why I'm yeah. asking. Cause it's, it's I wanted to know every position. Yeah. I wanted to mm -hmm. start. I started off as cashier, and I wanted, no, excuse me. I started off in the back of the house uh, making burgers, burgers, and I moved up to cashier. drive through window was the ultimate. Yeah, she. I awesome. remember that those those yeah. days. But so yeah, Justin, what about you? How yeah. was your hourly experience yeah. here? I same thing. Started working the day that I could start working. Uh, but really, my my fun story is being a bartender at Buffalo Wild Wings. So same. I absolutely loved the job. Um, it was just a. Um, it was it was something that I never thought that I would do. I, yeah. You know, all growing up, but um, I had to pay for an apartment. I lived on my own. So I'm someone that didn't live with my parents, you know, decided that I was going to take my own journey and pay my own rent and sign my first lease. And I remember, um, you know, my apartment complex. I remember cockroaches running around the room. Mm. And yeah. Just that that's what I could afford. And yeah. that's what I was paying for, you know, bartending. But my mindset was, how do I start this job? And same thing. How do I become great at it? But I wasn't worried about if the business was making money. I was really yeah. worried about if I was making money. Right. I, I had, you know, a, a rent to pay, an electric bill that I saw for the first time, an internet bill that I saw for the first time. So I was constantly doing math of if I work this many shifts, I can make that much money. And then it came into, well, how do I make even more? Well, if I become a trainer, then I can make a dollar more as a WCT back then, right? Instead of two dollars and thirty-five cents, I made three thirty-five, and that was an extra bill. Mm -hmm. So I was, I had very, you know, as an employee, it was all about me. And yes, I had to execute and run the systems, and I had to do things to spec and go by the rules. But I loved B Dubs. I was a server. I did cashier back then. You had to work in the back too, so you kind of learned everything. I was yeah. obsessed with it. And that also put me through college. So paying for my first home, trying to make end meets while learning and paying, you know, going through college and bartending was my employee journey. And then as an employee, I applied every single thing I did as a bartender. I wrote book reports, my management classes, everything were all about B-dubs. Yeah. So I yeah. took it and said, how do I go through college? Because... You know, That's there's this age old argument of do you go or do you not go? Well, yeah. I feel like if you go and apply it to what you're doing, um, there's something really interesting to that. So my employee was fun. I was making a ton of money, though. Like, mm. don't don't get me wrong. Mm. I at one point as a as a bartender, I think I was making more than the GM because yeah. I got good at and it. You I built can. Yeah, you can. I built regulars. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. There's a really hard as an employee. It's like, when do I stop being an employee and get into management or get something more responsible, get a biweekly paycheck? It's like. 
man, it, it really has to be a good deal for me to go do yeah. this. But I was also going to the bar at the end of my shift with, you know, all my friends. Yeah. Spending all my money. Yeah. <laughs> that were yeah. My ec- the little bit of extra money I had. So as, as an employee, for me, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of paying bills for my first time, and a lot of trying to figure out how I could make as much money as possible. Not not knowing how much the business made. You know, the unique thing I think you just said from your story is that you had to decide if you need to go down and pay. Sometimes you have to make that decision, right, to move up in a company. Sometimes you have to take a, a decrease in pay. I, to, I did. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, you, you that's think cool. that to, to make that upper move, you might yeah. take a financial step back. Right. Same thing opening your business. There's Absolutely. higher upside, right? Yeah. I was mm-hmm. As a bartender, yes, I was making a lot of money, and you will as employees. And it's yeah. attractive to make a lot of money for the first time ever and see your checking account maybe going up a little bit or buying your first apartment. Yeah. But then you have to really take an allowance. If you get good at that job, getting into management and really learning the business, the employer piece, that's got a lot of upside. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's two there's two topics that both of you you brought up, and the first one being Kim is, is is a great nugget. There is you were cleaning those equipment, and your manager noticed that you know mm-hmm. and Cared. noticed it and, and saw like yeah. while she cares, she's taking that extra step. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, same thing. When, when my step is when when I was at the sawmill and I got that promotion because I'd always show up early. I was always the last one to leave. I'd always mm-hmm. those sh- those you know delivery blankets. I'd fold them up because I got OCD. And yeah. my owner noticed that, and that's when he came to me and said, hey, you're, you're something special. So when you're out there, and Justin, you same way, you're a bartender, and I remember, you know, hiring you. Your, your boss said, man, this kid's always asking for more. So that's that's a thing that you got to do. When you're out there working and young guys, don't think that somebody's sitting in a chair watching you work at Starbucks or whatever, you're a server, and you're really good at them, and ne- you never know who they are. We want to create what- an environment that, like, surprise and delight doesn't always have to come from your boss. Yeah. Like, if you're an employer, yeah, we're going to watch. We're going to give you great systems. We're going to hope that we're going to hope you have a really fun work environment. <laughs> but you as the employee, go, go do something above and beyond. Do yeah. something special. Clean something extra. So, yeah. You know, do something awesome with the guest. And those are the magic moments. And you never know. It's hard to find good people that, like, just care so much that they want to do that on their own. But, you know, all we can do is provide you an environment that you want to do it. Yeah. And, and that there's less that's out there right now. So if you're out there, I mean, because people aren't driving like we used to, like wanting wanting more and asking for more. So the opportunity is a little bit more wide open than it was back then because we were all back then. Everybody was competing. Right. Everybody it took me to like better. a year to become a bartender. Yeah. And I'm a pretty savvy guy. I mean, I was dining room three for <laughs> For a while, because I had never served before, <laughs> yeah. and then That's they had, then, they, then they told me I needed to go get my dang bartending certificate yeah. to even get behind the bar because I had never bartended. It was so competitive to yeah. get into that bar, and I'm sure I could have gone to other restaurants. And there's That's funny, you know, and I had to go to get dining room three, uh, dr three. <laughs> yeah, we asked our I son to station is the furthest one in the restaurant. And yeah. you, you can make they a lot of money because it had two, two booths. Yeah, so you you could rake in the dough, but man, you were hurting after that yeah. shift. You're like. Well, Brendan asks us when he goes comes in for college, he goes to work at Buffalo. He says, ah, I didn't get the best section. I'm like, they know who you are, right? I mean, you got the bad section. Yeah, I got where nobody sits. <laughs> it's by takeout, so it's so busy. They'll so, poach people at the front door. Walk yeah, them to your that, section. that too. <laughs> you know, uh, on to that yeah. next topic, what you said too that's interesting is from an employee to employer, you got to understand now, okay, you're buying your business, starting your own business, whatever it is, um, you're going to take a back set. Uh, a back step in financial. 
We just didn't roll into this business. I mean, when me and you, we had an income. I was a sawmill manager. You were a nurse. We had pretty decent incomes, but it wasn't enough for our dreams. So when we bought that first Quiznos, I lost my salary. When we opened our second, you lost your salary, that salary that's guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. paycheck that comes every week. You're making your budget off of that. Yeah, now yeah. if we had a bad week, for example, if a hurricane came and our Quiznos were shut down for a week, which happens a lot here in the South, we didn't get paid. Mm-mm. You know, we didn't yeah. get that because we we had to not pay ours uh, ourselves because we still had to pay rent. We still had to pay bills, and so it took a while to do that. So that was another set that we had to learn our teach ourselves. And now we're the employer. Everybody else gets paid before we get paid. Yeah. All the bills get paid before we get paid. So that's a mindset you got to go and you're starting your own business that, hey, we, we, better, we better realize that. So, um, but, but, you know, Chris, as an employer, we, we were employers. However, we also became managers. Yeah. Uh, of our of our companies managers was was a really difficult transition because you go from being an employee where if a mistake happens you know you don't let it happen again you learn from it you Mm -hmm. get you get called coddled coached and you and you go when you're a manager and someone walks out and drops a a tray of food you have an upset guest that you have to deal with you have an employee that you need to to coach and understand what happened and make sure they're in a safe environment and then you have maybe an owner or boss that's saying Whoa, what's up with your comps? Yeah. yeah. So in three different, real quickly, you step into a world where, oh my goodness, I have to worry about every little detail at three different levels. How is this affecting every guest in the building? Yeah. How is this affecting the bottom line and making sure that my people are coached nonstop? That you got to have a little bit of experience a lot of times to make that happen. But that's a huge transition from worrying about me, how much, you know, how much am I making that week to, all of those other things. And that's where yeah. that, that big detail is as a bartender, when my shift was over, it was over. As a manager, once those things started to happen, it was really hard for me to turn it off. Yeah. I yeah. constantly thought about how could I have done that a little bit better? Or, oh my goodness, this inventory is going to be better than last inventory. And I'm, I'm at night brainstorming how I'm going to make that happen. Mm. Or, oh my goodness, my cogs are a little bit higher this month and a lot was out of my control, but how is my boss going to feel about that? Or yeah. What am I going to do? So there, there's huge transitions into management that, um, you know, that are, you get the upside, right? We talked about there being more upside in management and growth, but there's a way more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was a struggle for me, too, when I went into especially management and, you know, managing my own business and especially Quiznos or Buffalo Wild Wings when I was there because I had these employees and I was young, too. And I understood at that point that they needed their hours, but it was pouring rain outside that day. You had no sales, right? And I had no sales and I had to say, hey, I need to send two of you home. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, I need to pay rent. Well, I, I know I got to pay rent too. And it was those tough decisions that had to be made that you have compassion for for your staff like you have for yourself. But then again, you have a business that you have to be responsible for, that yeah. you sign that note. And, and those are the tough decisions that we had as operators when we were running our businesses. And, you know, and even today, our managers struggle with that. We're like, hey, your labor was up really high. And it's like, well, I, you know, I didn't cut people enough and it, because you got to make those decisions. You got to be know? strong in your relationships, yeah. right? You go yeah. from managing your friends to, you know, then being a manager and having to separate yourself from them and make yeah. tough business decisions. What, yeah. what about you in the management side? So I can speak to management kind of like with our first Buffalo Wild Wings um, because I started to manage people then, right? Because yeah. with Quiznos, I was kind of managing myself. 
But as I started with Buffalo Wild Wings and kind of got out of the nursing career, um, I started managing people with um, the back of the house, right? Yeah. So I started, first I had to manage myself, and let me just speak a little bit about that. So when I came into Buffalo Wild Wings, I knew nothing about um, the, in the finance world. Yeah. I had to teach myself the terminology. I had to teach myself the balancing and reconciliation and, and all the knowledge that goes along with accounting. is. So I had to really start over. But again, it's in my personality. It was in my drive. I didn't let the obstacles stop me. Yeah. So um, with that, I managed pretty well for our first couple of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. And then I started to need to bring on a team. Yeah. And I brought on people that had some experience in the accounting world but weren't equipped with like um, college degrees, yeah. right? So th- because we couldn't afford that at that yeah. time. So I brought on people and I was able to manage um, two, I think we had two or three at the time, up through store number seven, we had two or three uh, just data clerk entries. Yeah. And so, but I had to kind of teach them what I had learned in a very quick manner and set up systems the best that we could do. Um, and I got them to buy into me first. Yeah. A- and they bought into my vision. And so they became easier to manage. And still to this day, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have managed them. So I know. Because they are like bought in and they don't divert from it. Yeah. They both <laughs> even Kim. with the challenges or even when I'm ready to turn and pivot, they're like, nope, Kimberly, you taught me this way. And that's the way we're going with it. But uh, just to say to manage people, it was a different it was a different walk for me. It was a new experience because I'd always manage myself. Yeah. But when you bring on other people, it is a challenge because they do bring new ideas, new thoughts to the table. You just have to be kind of receptive to that, but um, stick to your roots and just always spur them along for the route. Yeah. You know, when you say that, that was a struggle, Justin. I'm probably sure you remember this and you just hit it, Kim, on that is when you're when you're going from employee to employer, just like raising your kids, if you teach them, you know, to put their dirty clothes in the dirty clothes hamper, they will. If you and you start that at a young age, but if you try to start that at an older age, it's hard to teach them that. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand when you go in that you you said it perfectly. You were managing people, mm-hmm. but you managed them to the point too because you didn't have the experience at that time. So you kind of walked them so much. Now at that point, I remember you struggled with it because like now they need me for everything. Yeah, they yeah. need me for everything. So as you're starting out your company, you got to understand you got to give a people a little leash. You got to teach them, show, do, review kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If not, you're going to be in that same turmoil of just kind of, okay, I got five people, but I'm still doing five people's jobs or yeah. helping five people's jobs because I made, I know you used to make in the past that I could never get out of my office because people kept coming in there yeah. instead of thinking on their own because they wanted your way to do it like that. So we it's saw even that harder now than ever because, like, in the past, I mean, we, I even grew up in a world where we didn't have cell phones and iPads. And that's only, you know, yeah. Very, very recently. So um, the ability to change and the you know the ability to manage through change, you always have to make sure that you're assisting with answering why and you're you know supporting change with vision and accountability and making sure they know you know why you're asking them to change something. But the end of the day is, yeah, we're rooted in amazing ideas and it's maybe what started our business or started what you know you were doing in accounting, but you're sitting there learning. Oh, and yeah. you're sitting there reading books and deciding what the new playbook's going to be. And when you go roll out that new playbook or the activations in our stores, that's some of the hardest things that we do. We do mm-hmm. activations every couple months or for our quick service. It feels like every month 
And it's it's so difficult to get people to embrace change even even today in a world that things are going to we're talking about artificial intelligence and we didn't even yeah. have cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> Which is changing. In a span of 20 years, yes. not at 200 years. So That's right. That's a really good call out. And management, when you're when you're getting people to change, that's a big piece of the job. And some will and some won't. But it's just our you know obligation to explain to them why yeah. and to give them the vision, like you said, and give them the playbook and say, hey, this is this is gonna make your job easier. Yeah. I think there's steps of it too that when you're when you're an employee and then you switch to employer and the manager and then your ownership and then now we're at the level two now we're even teaching ourselves even more because when we just had three restaurants it was a little different. Oh yeah. Now we it was have so much. Different. <laughs> now it was we, easier. Now we have fifteen <laughs> and you yeah. know just added another twenty to build out. Um, and I'm sure that when we get to 10 more of those, it's going to change and we get to 10 more, it's going to change. And I, I look at people like Paul Brown, who's managing inspire brands that's, you know, has, you know, I don't know how many employees they have, but thousands of restaurants, it's like 40,000. It's like, yeah. how does, and I try to watch them. How do they manage their life and business? Because it changes because you have to switch where I, when it running three Buffaloes was easy kind of to me now, looking back on it, running 15 different restaurants is hard because we got not only a curveball and a fastball throwing us, we got 15 different balls thrown at us. Mm-hmm. So it, it is different with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just to embark on my story, for me, when I had, when we had one Buffalo Wild Wings, it was so easy. Um, incorporating the second one, it was just 45 minutes down the road, uh, like Charles. So I kind of split my time. Yeah. Right. I was between two. But when we piled on Homa, I, quickly realized that I could not be Home, in three Indiana. places That's four at hours. one time. Yeah, four hours, four yeah. hours away. So I had to start creating these systems. And, and and keep in mind, we didn't have cloud-based back then. Yeah. Right? It was, we created packets. We didn't even have the iPhone like that. We had this no. like flip phone. We Clipboards, <laughs> file cabinets, packets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. Packets. Like, I mean, packets. When, yeah. So, yeah. I think this is a really cool story. So we we rocked on from yeah. store like one to seven that way. Yeah. But we taught our managers throw everything in a in an envelope and send it down. Send to it out our, on Monday. Yeah, send it to us on Monday so we can roll out some financial statements. Um, that worked beautifully, right? For yeah. store one through seven, and then I just kind of thought there's got to be an easier way. Our postage expense was getting out of hand, and and. We needed some help in IT, and that's the unique story about Justin. We reached out to Justin, and Justin came in here, and he um, exposed us to some smart sheets and mm. some technology things. And when he left, I'm like, that's what our company's missing. Yeah, You know, we're not work- we're working harder, not smarter, so we need to pile on technology. And so he came in, and he kind of guided us through this cloud-based system. And for me, as, you know, an old dog trying to treat – uh, teach new tricks to I was embracing change but I had all my heels dug in right because filing cabinets were my (laughs) comfort zone I wanted to walk in that room open a filing cabinet and get whatever I needed we used to have this big room with like 50 file cabs just packed with file cabs that was one of our and I I, that was a really difficult conversation because I you know I'm trying in my head to explain like man what if this place was this place burns down. Yeah. Like the files are gone. What's going on here? And you're like, what if someone hacks our, you know, cloud or what if I can't get to them? Or it's just easy to walk into this room and grab this file. Find me a way that's just that easy. And that was the challenge. It's like, okay, I'll do this. 
but I don't want my job to be harder. And so it's on you to figure out how to make it equally as easy or easier if I'm going to make this change. Yeah. So it was like kind of challenge issued. And you're always doing that saying like, I know I don't want to work harder. Yeah. This works for me. Yeah. And so you came in and you kind of taught us all about the cloud and how we can use the cloud to um, help our business and make us more efficient. And then it was up to me to turn around and teach my team. Mm -hmm. And again, they had heels dug in. No, I'm not doing that. Because, yeah. The op side, it was the same thing because we went from, you know, clipboards to, mm-hmm. to digital systems and we embraced C2IT in a little bit more, you know, bigger fashion. And C2IT is our back office system. And really the difference between going from from one to three, you called it out perfectly. That's your systems check because as yeah. humans, you guys are great operators. You know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you go to three, you have to trust other humans to execute those systems that you thought you created great. And yeah. they probably were 75, 80% the way there. Like yeah. they, they were there. But then when you go to 10, you get exposed for, you know, when, and, and put yeah. it in perspective with 15 stores, our back office system might cost $1,000 a month. And if there's $100 in savings there and we save 10% as a company, that's 1500 bucks a month that yeah. we're saving. Yeah. And we're only a 15 store deal. Imagine, like you said, Paul Brown. Every small detail change that he makes, do we do this technology or not, Mm -hmm. could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's also, as you're growing, getting the right systems in place and finding efficiency. So all of our brands do things as closely as possible that they possibly can. Any one of our brands can go and run our back office system. It's the same exact one. And there, there's a huge benefit to that as, you know, as we grow. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you, you brought that up and remember the commercial uh, a long time ago. It's like, I need to hire BDO. Yes. People, you know? Who know, <laughs> People know who BDO. know BDO. Yeah. And Justin, <laughs> at that time, Justin was our BDO. Yeah. I went through was. BDO audits, to be yeah. quite honest. I've, I've been, um, I've gone through SOX audits with, with BDO. We don't want to hire BDO. We don't want to yeah, be no, public. But see, but private for life. Yeah. It's cool yes, about, absolutely. as you walk your journey from employee to employer, uh, you're growing. And we went from three stores to 10. And like you said, and that's how Justin was first exposed to us that we hired, called his boss and asked. And when we get started getting on these calls with you and you were helping us line us out and do these um, calls to kind of walk us through how to get switched to technology. And that's how relationships started with you as, as we grew and we asked for help because um, you always need to ask for help when you're trying to figure things out, especially being young and, and inexperienced in the growth side that we were. And, you know, now it's easy to get on a podcast and watch people. Back then, they didn't have that. They weren't yeah. sharing that information. Find so, masters and, of outliers. Find yeah. masters of people who can identify in your business the losses or what needs to be put back on track. And then let, let's start going to work. Yeah, don't have that yeah. such of ego. Go out and, you know, ask people or watch what people are doing and, you know, shamelessly steal their ideas too sometimes, you know. Yeah, and, you know, at the time we had a um, director of operations at the time and I was just so intrigued by traction calls. I don't know yeah, if you remember, remember those that. Traction calls. Traction yep. calls. And, and what you said, you know, we can do whatever. We set our goals and we can call out people to be on track or off track. And I was just like, yes, that's exactly what we need for our company. And man, I got backlash from that, you know, yeah. from our director of operations. Um, he wasn't bought into that idea. I'm like, why not, dude? You can reach seven restaurants or eight restaurants at the time. Um, you can reach all of these restaurants. It shouldn't hurt your feelings and for what's off track. It should excite you for what you have to go to work on. Yeah. And that's the difference. If you're upset about what you're off track on, and that's okay, because you just maybe you're not equipped to solve it. <laughs> maybe yeah. you don't know what to do and you just, you know, you're you were exposed in that. So ask for help. There's plenty out there. There's, yeah. And 
you know, the, the, the purpose of attraction call is to work on your outliers, to celebrate the people who are kicking butt, but then also week over, there's not a week that's not going to go by that we're not going to talk about it. We're not yeah. going to move the pendulum swing closer and closer. And if you mm-hmm. tighten up those things that you're really bad at and become at least good at them, but hopefully great, you take a store from the bottom of your scorecard or that call to the top of that call, boy, does that change your business. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, my point to that, yeah. Justin, was that he didn't even want to embrace the change of using a just a simple telephone call. We deal with yeah. that every day. That's a there's a system problem or a person problem and it's 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 a part of it's the hardest part of leadership in my opinion because you bang your head against the wall and just be like if you would just listen if you, if would, just you listen, would just listen and it just do it and then yeah. if you do it and it doesn't work out for you by all means raise your hand yeah, yeah. We, we're an open yeah. door company come 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 in Chris's office and say this isn't working and we'll all you know rally behind it but yeah at least have to run the system people have earned through experience <laughs> the ability to call the play yeah. um, but you're right that's so tough yeah. when you when it's yeah, you're, you're, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. in the side of the growth side, I mean, you the people that are part of your team and, you know, they, they have to adapt to change, too. Yeah. And when you got one that does not want to adapt to change, then you got a little issue because that can create a problem because it's not just me anymore running one Quiznos. It's not just me and Kim running three Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. It's now a table of about seven or eight that are running 15 restaurants and growing to be even bigger and we have to be able to put our egos down and and it's sit around that conference table and like i've always said this to be a great leader you surround yourself with great smart people that are smarter than you and that you're not things that you're not good at and there's been times that i have to check myself uh because you know I, yeah i sit at the head of the table and you sit right beside me kind of at the others the side of the head of the table and we have to check ourselves and realize that wait a minute this is a good idea or we need to change to this and it's not just my idea and as we grow from an employee to employer especially a younger employer you thinking you, you know it all you're the boss you're the guy then as you grow bigger you need to understand, you need to take the advice of your people that are out in the field, that are listening to the guests even more than you are because you're not in the field. So yeah, great, great comment. Great leaders are great listeners. That's right. That's right. Great um, leaders lift people up, right, to be even bigger leaders than they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's when you win. Yeah. I am uh, I am so happy that I was blessed with a, uh, a heart that wanted more. And a brain that Absolutely. wanted more and that God gave us all that because the world at that time, um, I, I feel like it's not this, the, the same place it was when we were growing up because opportunity was everywhere. It was like an yeah. open lake, you, but you got to go find the fish. You know, it's not going to be shown to you. Uh, nowadays, everybody wants to say, well, where's the fish or I'm not fishing. Yeah. No, back then I saw this beautiful cascade of a lake and like, so much opportunity out there for me to go get but all i had to do is yeah i had to go put my boat in the water i had to go fish for it it wasn't shown to me put the line in the water people. just put the line in the water today these young no, where's the app that shows me where that fish is? <laughs> yeah that's right it's, it's like, like there's so much reliance on technology and i love it but man hey get I, out, get out there yeah. and i do a lot of sport fishing yeah. i do i love sport fishing you've gone with me yeah. you love it now yeah and we've gone out and paid some great money to go out to these costa ricas and we might not hook one fish Mm-mm. But you go back the next day and you're racking in these 100-pound tunas. 
kicked your butt that time. Yeah. And yeah. we were just like, and that's how the opportunities in the world today, guys, from employee to employer, dream the water's there, put your boat in the water, put your line in the water, go fish. And you might strike out that first day. Yeah. But one day my uncle just caught a 10 pound bass the other day. He was so pumped up, been fishing his whole life, never caught a fish this big. You never know what's out there. So keep it going. Um, so to, to, to sum it up, uh, great conversation today yeah, led into some you. great topics of hopefully somebody can steal with. But I got a question for you today. So we're going to end it now. Uh, this question is uh, coming at you. And if you were employee, now you're employer, if you had to go back today to be employee, go back to an hourly employee or employee, what would you want to be doing right now? Mm. Kim, I'm going to throw it at you first. I would want to work like on an assembly line of some sort. I want to do the same thing every day <laughs> and not use my brain at all. I just want to like, I can see myself, I don't know, building a car, but just putting the same tool on every piece of the engine You're that the, goes down. You put the bumper on every time. Yeah, just the same thing on an assembly line every day. Yeah. Robot. Robot. A yeah. robot. <laughs> yeah. And nice. just and, and punch the clock in the morning and punch it in the afternoon and, and go and home. And just go home. Yeah. I could see that with you because you sometimes you're just like, oh, this stresses me out so much. Yes. <laughs> uh, Justin? Uh, I would, I would say the, the thing that I'm most obsessed with is like a lot of times in my mind, I felt like I've like, I've thought of something or seen something before it actually happened. And like where that would play really uh -oh. well <laughs> is like, I would think I could do really good in the flip life, like trading cards, NFTs, anything. I, I think thought you were going to say a palm reader or something. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm talking about like, I think I could take like a $200 baseball card and trade up to a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollar Kobe Bryant sign, you know, one of one rookie. Like I, I feel like, I'm, I'm, I just really like to see what people are into and the pulse and just kind of looking at human behavior. Yeah. And I could turn that into like being a badass flipper. Yeah. Okay, garage sales, baseball cards, <laughs> NFTs, definitely not bomb reading. I'm not, I'm not buying any <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah, like, no, I just think it would be so fun yeah. to just be because in that life, you can just play ball with what you're interested in. Now, that's so this, good. this week, I'm interested in baseball cards. Next week, it's Pokemon cards. And the next week, it's Starbucks NFTs. Yeah. All I'm doing is paying attention to what people are talking about and interested in and seeing if I can take my $100 item and turn it into a $200 item. That's cool. That would be fun. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I could see that with you with these NFTs and, uh, you know, the Odyssey app and what you're doing and what's hot out there, too, and Gary Vee's products. Um so yeah, I guess it's for to, you. yeah for me. What um, would you do, Kim? You're 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 probably not going to be surprised with this, but shout out to a lot of good friends of mine that uh that I you know get to see a lot and work out with. Um, I I want to be a fireman. Oh yeah, that's right up your alley. <laughs> yep. I just I I, I in, can see it. In high school, at one point in my life, I remember walking up to a table in career day and talked to the fireman. But then um, y'all need to get paid more because when I saw the, what their starting salary was like, man, I. I'm, I can't live off that. I want to. I want to have something super big. Yeah. Um. But I still have this. I love it. I talk to them all the time about firemen. Hey, how's it cool to put out fire? But, you know, what's crazy is I can. Yeah. I ask them. Uh, one of our employees here, Stephanie, in our office. Her her husband's a fireman. He came for the day. I was like, how many times do y'all wash the truck? Oh, you'd wash that sucker. I would Every love to do that because I love washing my 24 car. hours. And I love messing with the grass outside. You mow the grass all the time. I was like, do y'all mow your own? Yeah, we mow our grass. Do you do your flower beds? Yeah, we have to. You wash your truck? Yeah, all the time. Like, dude, that would be my 
you know, ADHD and my OCD thing. For I, the audience, if you saw Chris's truck or his lawn, you'd understand yeah. exactly yes. where he's coming from. I, I get is, so trouble because uh, at our at our restaurants, I mean, I want our lawns perfect, and I want it painted perfect. I want it clean, and, and I would just love that job. So um, if uh, when I retire one day, chief of firemen, chief police, what do you call it? the chief, the fire chief, fire chief. Uh, I don't know if he'll hire like a 55, 60 year old man, but I just I'll donate my time and just clean the fire truck. <laughs> 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 and Kim won't best. Kim always tells me, Justin, we're raising kids, not raising grass. Yeah. yeah. And then I said, well, do you want me to hire somebody to mow all this acreage back here? No, no, we're not spending any extra money. It's not in the budget. Okay, then I got to mow just the grass. The That's grass so true. I've, dro- like I've dropped Sutton off before, and for sure, Chris is on the, you know, mowing the lawn on the tractor. All the time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but hey, uh, that was, this was fun. It's yeah. a good topic. Um, guys, thank you for much for tuning in. Uh, I, re- I want to please, subscriptions have gone. I watch them. I get reports on that all the time for our team. Subscriptions are going up uh, like crazy. Thank you for uh, putting into this. Uh, it's a lot of work for us to do. It takes time of our day, but we love sharing and giving back in some sort. And every every day before we start this podcast, we pray. We make a prayer, and uh, we pray that God keeps just pouring at us that we can share and if we're out there helping one or two of you guys uh, i hope it helps uh because that's what we're put on here we're all fishermen out here so yeah yep, yes, sir. yep. well hey uh good seeing y'all guys and y'all have a great week man